On today's show, how did the Dallas Mavericks blow a 22-point lead to the Suns with Chris Paul on the bench? The Bulls get a win without Zach Levine against the Heat. John Morant goes off in overtime. And the Pelicans blow out the Nets. We'll talk about all that and more on today's Locked On NBA. Let's go. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome. You are locked on to the NBA. My name is Nick Engstead, host of the Locked On Mavericks podcast. Thanks for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. But the best way you can help us grow this show is to comment anything below. Let us know on YouTube. Tweet us at Locked On Network. Who are your two stars of the day? Tons of games. Tons of games in the NBA. Who are your two stars? The two guys that showed up the most could be Damian Lee with the game winner. Could be DeMar DeRozan leading his team. All kinds of options there. Could be Jeff Green with the most insane dunk I saw today. Uh, joining me, as always, my co-host on a Thursday, Locked, host of Locked on Bulls. What you got for me, Pat the Designer? I mean, listen, like, it's always fun when you come into the season and literally all of our preseason predictions are usually <sighs> wrong. <laughs> I love the chaos, man. We host on on Wednesday nights, and there's always like 15 games, and there's just like so much to pay attention to, so much to watch, so many debuts. So let's start with it right here. Let's start with the Dallas Mavericks versus the Phoenix Suns. The Dallas Mavericks have an incredible, like almost almost a first half that you couldn't like say anything bad again about. <laughs> an incredible yeah. first half, like a flawless first half where they outscore. The Phoenix Suns, uh, sixty-two to forty-five. Just, just an incredible first quarter. Just incredible first half. Luka Doncic was rolling on all cylinders. Twenty points for him in the first half. Uh, it looked like it was going to be Game Seven, Part Two, right off <laughs> of the yeah, Dallas Mavericks taking down the Phoenix Suns, and then all of a sudden, second half, third quarter rolls around. And the Mavs have done this in the past, where third quarters they just come out of the gate slow. They don't really play the same level of defense they should. Their offense just kind of craters, and that's what happened. The Suns outscored them 31-19 to in the third quarter, and the interesting thing about this game was Christian Wood was, was going off in the third quarter, and in the beginning of the fourth quarter, the Mavericks got their lead back. Like They built that lead back up, and Jason Kidd takes Christian Wood out. He decides to put Maxi in. The Mavs have some kind of like stability issues. Like this is or go back to early in the third quarter. Mavericks have yeah. some stability issues with their lineup. They have JaVale McGee in there. He did not play super well against his former team. And instead of putting Christian Wood in, which has been the normal rotation, Jason Kidd puts Maxi Kleba in. Wants the stability. Wants the guy that's been there. The guy that was there in the playoffs. Instead of Christian Wood that gives you the better offensive option that gives you yeah. more length, gives you more shooting, gives you more playmaking, honestly more scoring across the board. The Mavericks lead just eventually dwindles down, and late in the game, Damian Lee hits a game-winning leaner shot with Spencer Dinwiddie right in his face. Luka misses the three on the other end. Um, Christian Wood only played 24 minutes in this game. Do the Mavericks rise and fall on Christian Wood this year? Pat the designer. 
I don't think that they rise and fall on Christian Wood, but I think you saw a case tonight where, right, you have to absolutely understand your rotations and, and put your rotations in a position for you to be successful. Um, I think Jason Kidd failed at that tonight. I mean, me and you talked about it uh, before we got on here, right? Like you you said, he kind of outcoached the team. He outcoached himself, for sure. He, he, he outcoached himself, right? And I think what it was, right, is when you start to feel those nerves, a lot of times you go back to what makes you comfortable. He went back to a lineup that made him comfortable. It's a lineup that, granted, right, minus Jalen Brunson, got you to the Western Conference Finals, but it's a lineup that made you feel comfortable. I know these guys. I know what these guys can bring. I've worked with these guys for an entire season. That's what we saw tonight. And I think that, right, when when you decide to go back to Christian Wood, too little too, little, too late, and, and it it's... I, I looked at this game as a very good learning experience for Jason Kidd in game one of what you should not do Oof. when somebody is cooking the rest of the season. And Christian Wood was cooking. Like, literally, we were sitting here, uh, uh, me and my guys were on a text chain. I was like, who would have thought Christian Wood <laughs> would be the focal point of he, this Dallas Mavericks? He, he finishes with 25 points. At one point, at the end of the third, beginning of the fourth, he scored the Mavericks 16 straight points. Like it was, He was just going off, like hitting threes. He was 4 of 7 from 3. The only yeah. thing he couldn't do was make a free throw. He was 3 of 10 from the line. The interesting thing for the Suns in this one, fourth quarter minutes for the Suns guards. Get ready for this. Damian Lee played all 12 minutes in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Devin Booker played 8 minutes and 30 seconds. Normal rotation for him. Cameron Payne played 6 minutes, 27 seconds. Chris Paul, the point guard, 5 minutes and 19 seconds for Chris Mm. Paul. He did not look good at all in this game. Chris Paul did. And it was Damian Lee that stepped up. The offseason addition for them. Like They they got minutes late in the fourth quarter. And give credit to the Suns team. They did not give up. When it was a 22-point lead, the crowd was completely out of it. The crowd at the beginning of this game started every time Luka was was mentioned by a PA announcer or touched the ball or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the loudest boos. I have a, a Lockdown Mavs listener that was there, in, like courtside in the arena, and he was sending me messages through it. He's like, it's so loud in here. It's wild how much they're <laughs> booing Luka Doncic. And then by like the second quarter, he goes, it's silent. Like you can hear people talking to you rows back. But yeah. the Phoenix Suns, the players, they did not give up. And I think Monty... Um, uh, oh my God! I almost said Monty McCutcheon. No, what's the Monty, Monty Williams? Monty Williams. Uh, uh, Monty Monty Williams coached a really great game. He decided to not go with Chris Paul. He said after the game, you know, I didn't think that that was such a controversial decision, but I guess since it's Chris Paul and the name that you want to go with your main guy. So I found that really interesting from uh, the Phoenix Suns and the game that Monty Williams coached. I think he outcoached Jason Kidd in this one. And they got contributions where they needed them. 28 points from, from Devin Booker. Uh, DeAndre Ayton was uh, was very impactful. He was plus 15 in the game. 18 points, 10 boards. He had uh, he had four fouls, but I think all of them were were, ne- were necessary for them to defend <laughs> uh, in this game. So they scored just enough. Their defense was good enough. And the Mavs, like, okay, this is, this is the first half of the second half. Literally a tale of two halves. First half, Mavs outscore the Suns 62-45. Second half, Suns outscore the Mavs 62 62- to 43 <laughs> literally the maps had just yeah. scored a couple more points in the second half they win this game an incredible split and uh, the mavericks are now the, the mavericks still just can't beat the suns in the regular season but they always will have that game seven let me ask you this let- i mean do you like that last shot by luca like i know it's luca right you're gonna put the ball in his hands but like nothing drawn up nothing <laughs> no not like there was a screen set at half court and he just basically all right crossover pull it he took his step back that he always does it's, it's been a thing it's honestly been an inside joke that on lockdown maps that we talked about with luca where 
if he doesn't drive on these these shots late in games, yeah. you're like, he should have drove. He should have drove. Why did he take the three? And people say it so much that Isaac and I have made it like an inside joke. Oh, he should have drove when he hits. Even when he hits a game-winning three, we're like, he should have drove. He should have yeah. drove. Should have taken a step back. He hits the one against the Celtics last year. The Clippers in the playoffs were like, should have drove. It's been that yeah. way since his rookie year. And you're gonna you're gonna make some. You're gonna miss some, right? Like that's yeah. just kind of the way it goes. Live and die by it. He could have got a better shot, but you can say that with Luca about a lot of the shots he takes. So most of his shots, <laughs> but he makes a lot of them. <laughs> uh, yeah. So now the Phoenix Suns. I mean, th- they had the like the bad vibes and everything. Jay Crowder's not even part of the team. It looked like in the first half that you know, just just from Twitter, everybody was clowning them, and then all of a sudden they make this big comeback. What does it say about a veteran team like that that can come back despite the Bad vibes, Jay Crowder not there, and all that. I mean, you you know what the Phoenix Suns are going to bring, right? Listen, it's not a fluke when you win 60-plus games yeah. in a season. Uh, it's not a fluke when you are dominating teams going through the playoffs. And, yeah, you ran into a team with Luka that absolutely had your number and cooked you. That's what it comes down to. But tonight, right, I think more so than anything, tonight shows you exactly what this Phoenix team needs to be successful. It's not just Chris Paul. It's not just Devin Booker, right? But the play of DeAndre Ayton tonight absolutely is something that you have to look at and be like, listen, he's such a key piece on this team. Night and, and day we got to figure was, out. Night and day when he was on and off the court because their backup is is Biz Marquee and, and yeah. Jock Landau. <laughs> Biz Marquee? Biz Marquee. Might, it might as well have been Biz Marquee tonight. <laughs> I mean, I mean, honestly, though, like you, you look at you look at you look at Aiden, and you realize, you right, like, got what I need. <laughs> you realize that this Phoenix team, as much as they talked about wanting to get rid of him, talked about not wanting to pay him, you realize that when he's on the court, he makes that much of a difference. Absolutely. Uh, all right, coming up, let's get into the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> the Chicago Bulls. Uh, got a win without Zach Levine. An incredible win for them. We'll talk about how they were able to do that, what DeMar DeRozan means to this team, and more. Let's talk about that coming. But before we do, let me tell you about Bet Online. It's the best place to check out the odds and lines inside and outside of sports. Incredible stuff from Bet Online. They're going to have your daily NBA games where you have the lines for every single game. Let's see what we got coming up Thursday as you're listening to this. Lakers Clippers. Pat, who do you think is favored in this one? Lakers at home. <laughs> Favored to do what? What's the sp- what's the to, to win the game? Uh, to, oh. to score more points than the other team. What's the spread? Do you think? Um, <laughs> Clippers by by a hundred. <laughs> just just because they can knock in three points. Clippers by five and a half. So that that is too low. That that has to be too Way low for too that low. one. Unless the Lakers Way are going to have some kind low. of. Uh, like revenge game, I guess. But go check it out on Bet Online. It's Bet Online where the game starts. All right, Pat. Let's move on to the Chicago Bulls versus the Miami Heat. The Chicago Bulls get the win without Zach Levine. So, first of all, what's going on with, with Zach Levine and his knee? This is the first game, like, with just trying to figure out what's going on with his knee. Uh, yeah. Are you worried about that? And then, how did the Bulls pull off this win? Uh, not not so much worried about Zach Levine's knee because of how they listed it, right? Like it's uh, left knee management. Uh, so he's now got a a management team that's over just his left knee. The right <laughs> knee's under a different business. There middle management uh, on the knee yeah, too. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a different LLC. There's on the super, right knee. There's supervisors and. <laughs> 
Underlings. But I, I mean, honestly, right? Like this is the Bulls saying we're willing to take the PR hit to be sure that Zach Levine is 100% ready to go um, for the uh, um, home opener on Saturday. And on top of that, it's a couple of games. Although the Miami game, right? You feel like, okay, if we lose that, it's a tough loss at the beginning of the season. But then you got Washington next. You're okay with that. Um, but how the Bulls won this game, I mean, of course, DeMar DeRozan, you, you look at him and, and 37 points, mm. just just being able to cook at will, right? And he's still a monster. What? When's the last time you saw 37 points? Two made threes. <laughs> like, just DeMar DeRozan last season. From a wing, right? Like, <laughs> just, I think nobody else in the NBA does that. DeMar DeRozan, last, that's it. It's literally just him, right? And you, you look at his game and you're just amazed by it. But I think on top of that, right, the thing that you have to focus on if you're a Chicago Bulls fan tonight is Nikola Vucevic with another double-double, also passing up Chris Webber uh, for 45th all-time on the uh, on the rebounding list. But um, So on Yay. defensive rebounding list, so shout-out to him. The but defensive rebounding list? Just the defensive No, we're not calling list. out the defensive bro, rebounding hey, all-time hey, leaders hey, on Locked hey, bro, NBA. Hey, no. bro, hey, bro, hey, bro. <laughs> They tweeted it. I got it. No. They tweeted Defensive it. Defensive rebounds. Come on. His teams but. have missed more shots than <laughs> LeBron James has crossed half court 3,000 times with the ball in his left hand only to make a bucket left hand. On Thursdays. <laughs> But I mean, you look at this team, and I think you have to. Uh, you, I'd be remiss without talking about the play of Iota Sumo. Oh, 17, 6, and 4 with two steals. I mean, bro, when you look at Io's game tonight, it looked like, hey, not only am I, have, did I work on stuff this offseason, not only am I going to take a step this offseason, but I'm going to show it on the first play of the game. I'm going to attack, get downhill very early in this game, and I'm going to make Kyle Lowry look like that BBL is not going to work for you, bro. So I'm, I I love what we saw hey. out of Io DeSumo, out of Vooch. And I think when you look at that, right, DeMar's going off for 37 is huge, but he we've seen him do that in a loss. When you add those pieces in around him, that's what makes this Bulls team dangerous. Incredible night from DeMar DeRozan. The the Miami Heat, they've got some stuff to figure out, I think. They uh the Kyle Lowry Bam looked bad. Bam was a, a one of the front runners for defensive player of the year. I think that's yeah. something that you, you gotta watch out for for them. And just I think they'll they'll get it together. I mean, they're not gonna lose every game. <laughs> no, <laughs> I no. feel like we talk about these opening night games like, oh, they like suck. It's the season. They suck. They're good. They go back and forth, but <laughs> they got a couple of things to figure out. Um on this. Uh, what does um what is Caruso being in the lineup, being healthy? I think that was a huge loss from the Heat last or the uh, the Bulls last year. What is him being yeah. in the starting lineup? He finishes with six points, five boards, four assists, two steals. Like he just kind of fills up the box score here and there. Yeah, he brings that stability on on both sides of the court, right? And so they end up inserting him in the starting lineup without Zach Levine there. And you look at him and you say, okay, him and I, Alex Caruso, or him and Alex Caruso, him and Io DeSumo. Um, really are a strong front line defensively. And you saw that right early on in the game, Bulls kind of got under behind the eight ball uh, with Miami just knocking down some some open three-point looks. But then as the game went on, right, Bulls started closing out. Caruso's the, the focal point uh, to that, right, because he's the one that's like, hey, let's get our intensity up. Let's get over there. Let's make – he's kind of acting as that defensive anchor a little bit at times, him and Io. And then when you add Patrick Williams into that, right, de- on the defensive end anyway, like you saw the Bulls defensively start to just – we're you're going to have to knock these shots down over – 
a hand in your face every time. And Miami did at points, but the averages end up playing out when you put a team in that position. And that's 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 really what Caruso brings. He's he does he's the everyman. Uh Stacey King calls it the hard hat lunch pail guy. He gets up, <laughs> he goes to work, and he comes home. And that's what you see from Alice Caruso. And you see that being infectious to the rest of the Chicago Bulls team. Let's move on to the New York Knicks versus the Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis Grizzlies win 115 to 112 in overtime. John Morant has 34 points in this game. And in the first half, for me, it just looked like, oh, this Grizzlies team is just too good. Like, first half going into the third quarter, they built up like almost a 20-point lead. And it just looked like this Grizzlies team, just just head and shoulders above the Knicks team. But with this Knicks team, they add Jalen Brunson. It's just going to take them a little bit to try and figure out that offense. You got three lefties in... Brunson, Randall, and RJ Barrett. Like <laughs> three guys that like the ball in their hands and like the ball in their left hand, right? Like, yeah, like they're going left. There, there's some geometry on the court you just have to figure out. And I think eventually yeah. through this game, they they worked through it and had to figure it out. The the Grizzlies also were without three star three essentials, like essentially starters. And Jaron Jackson Jr., he's been out. Dylan Brooks was a scratch yesterday, and then Zaire Williams has been out. And so you're you're down three starters, but the depth of the Grizzlies really stood out. I mean, yes. Who, who outside of like NBA junkies like 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 us and you listening to Locked On NBA knew Santi Aldama? Eighteen points, eleven boards, starting for the Grizzlies. Like, throw your hands up. The Grizzlies do it again with one of these guys they just find that comes out of nowhere. John Conjar, yes. one of those guys. Brandon Clark was one of those guys. Like they just Tyus Jones, I guess. Like they just keep finding these dudes that come in and just like produce. Yeah, I mean, I when when the name Santi Aldama came across my uh, my radar, uh, it was tonight, and uh, I <laughs> no, had no, no. <laughs> it was tonight. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Well, no, but hey, I, if I, I hadn't listened to Lockdown Grizzlies, honestly, I don't know if I would have known him either. I I think here's the thing that you see from this Grizzlies team that I'm not going to lie. Game one surprised me a little bit, right? The the biggest question for me was how were they going to feel fill the hole that Jaron Jackson Jr. left. And they're doing it somewhat by committee, right? And I, I guess it's a little bit more of a surprise when you think about, like, like last year, how they filled in for John ja Morant missing all of that time yeah. and continued to win. But Jaron Jackson Jr., right, he does so much. He does so much defensively, offensively. He's a blocks guy. He's, he's a rebounding guy for you. Santi Aldama, though, stepping in with 18 and 11 and really just filled in that role. And the thing was, right, 7 for 14 from the field. It's not like he was just putting up shots. He was being very efficient tonight. So when I, when I watch this Memphis team, right, it didn't look like they had missed a beat to me, even though, of course, Jaron Jackson is going to make a bigger difference for you defensively. But on the offensive side of things, right, I, I thought that they were still out, still running well. I mean, John Morant's still doing crazy blocks every night of the week. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I was I was very impressed with both teams in this game. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. You, you know, I've, I've come in very much as a uh, – as our resident, uh, I don't believe in the Knicks. I'm going to hold on to every uh, 90s Bulls beef as long as I can. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, it is what it is. But I, I was very impressed with the Knicks as well, man. Julius Randle had a heck of a game. What would you think of how cohesive it actually looked? The Knicks, all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, it's been a couple of years, but have 10 NBA guys like that yeah. they can throw into a rotation. And before the game, I don't know if I would have put Cam Reddish into that rotation. I would have put Quentin Grimes there instead. Quentin Grimes was out this game. But I, I didn't put... think Tom Thibodeau would have either. <laughs> <laughs> Another Tibbs. Hey, we're back. Another Tibbs reference on the show again. But like their starting lineup is is like has solid guys. Brunson, Barrett, Randall, Mitchell Robinson, Evan Fournier. 
Uh, their better center is off the bench, and Isaiah Hartenstein, he played 40 minutes in, the, <laughs> in this game. Mitchell Robinson yeah. only played uh, 12. He got in foul trouble, and they were just like, we'll just stick with Isaiah Hartenstein. Cam Reddish, 22 points off the bench. Obi Toppin, Derrick Rose, and then Emmanuel Quickly. Like, that's 10 solid NBA guys, and that just does so much for your team. Like When you just can't throw out bad NBA players at a certain point, yeah. you just play so much better and so much more seamless. Everybody knows what's going on, and so... I thought that's the big thing that stood out with them. They're going to figure it out. The geometry of their offense is going to figure out. The thing that's interesting is Brunson is such a slow, methodical player. Can the Knicks' defense keep up? And yeah. keep up, meaning the other team's going to just keep scoring, right? Like, And Brunson's going to take his time. Randall's going to take his time. And the Mavericks won last year with, with Jalen Brunson leading the way at times because their defense was so good that you can lock up on one end and score. Sl- score slowly on the other end and just like slow drip teams to death. And I'm not sure this Knicks team with Brunson, Fournier, Randall, like that as your defensive, like three, I don't know if you can get away with that. And I think they found that at times during this game. And so they're gonna have to mess with some combinations, but we'll see what happens with them. Uh, but yeah, Cam Reddish, 22 points off the bench. What did he think? This was a Hawks playoff game? Like what? <laughs> I, I just, I want to know if he can maintain that, right? Like that's the only question that I have around Cam Reddish. I think Cam Reddish is a heck of a, a shooter. And and uh, if you if you go check out Locked On uh, Bulls and or the Windy City Breeze, uh, I I was trying to trade Kobe White for Cam Reddish straight up for a while. <laughs> but uh, he he's I, only 23 and he played what? He played one year in college. Like, yeah. It, some of these guys take a little bit longer. I mean, yeah, I, I was I was looking to to get a little Cam Reddish love on the Bulls, but I mean the the <laughs> thing with Cam was he would have a game where he had twenty eight, and then the next game he would have five, and so you wonder, okay, is now the time where he's going to be able to build that consistency with the New York Knicks? Coming up, Donovan Mitchell's debut in Cleveland. They fall to the Raptors in two teams that are so physically different that it's jarring watching these two teams play each other. Then. How did the Brooklyn Nets get blown out by the Pelicans? We'll talk about that. And then, of course, count it up. we'll count up the most interesting, fun things in the NBA coming up. All right, Pat, let's talk about a couple more games before we count it up here. The Cleveland Cavaliers fall to the Toronto Raptors, 108 to 105. The Raptors just get solid play out of everybody. 23 points from Siakam, 11 boards. They get 19 points from Gary Trent Jr., 15 from Van Vliet. They get 18 from OG Ananobi, 15 from Barnes. Like, it's just the thing that the Raptors do. They just get solid play. But I think the story in this one was Donovan Mitchell's debut. He has 31 points and nine assists. He has to play a little bit more of a facilitator because Darius Garland goes out with an eye injury, like a really bad-looking eye injury that was bleeding underneath his eye in the second quarter. He doesn't come back in. He only plays 13 minutes. Uh, But the thing about these two teams is the Raptors only have guys that are 6'7 or 6'9. They literally have 13 (laughs) guys that are between 6'7 and 6'9. Go go to basketball reference and count up all the guys. And the Cavs have Mitchell, Garland, Allen, and Mobley that are like only guards and centers. And then they have Love off the bench uh, and then a couple of guards here, a couple of wings here and there, but not many. And it's just so different looking at these two different teams. What did you see from – let's just start with Cleveland. What did you see from them in this game? I'll tell you what. I got to give Donovan Mitchell credit, right, because he stepped into that role and he didn't turn into the, hey, I'm just going to go out here – and jack up shots, uh, Donovan Mitchell that we saw in Utah, right? He took I took twenty one of them. 
he took 21, but I thought he was really efficient in his shooting tonight, which which helps your team move forward, right? And he did, and he uh, uh, didn't just turn into the guy that okay, now it's on my back. I'm gonna do this. I thought he did a good job using his teammates as well, right? Jared Allen, Jared Allen chipping in for 13 and 10. Evan Mobley with 14 points, um, and and I, that's gonna be the biggest thing to focus in on on this Cavs team all season. How are you going to get everybody involved when you have such a ball dominant player like Donovan Mitchell yeah. on this team? And so I, I I liked what we saw in game one. But again, right, you look at it and you go, OK, but that's without Darius Garland. Now, if we had Darius that- Garland into the mix, how does that work out? So the Cavs had a, like a five point lead late in this game and the they bit and then Gar- Garland was already out. Obviously, he went out in the yeah. second quarter, but Cavs had five point lead and the Raptors were just playing their solid offense. Like everybody just doing their thing. OG Ananobi yep. got a bucket. Gary Trent Jr. Corner three and the Cavs look like on the other end. They just needed a facilitator like the Donovan Mitchell timing stuff that like that stuff with new with new players. You yeah, just have yeah, to work yeah. out the timing on the rolls with Jared Allen. Evan, it's going to take some time. Evan Mobley, a pick and pop. Like you just got to figure out the timing on that. They had some bad turnovers late. And uh, they really needed Darius Garland in that moment to, to have somebody else to be like a release valve. But, uh, but yeah, they'll figure it out. It, interesting start from Donovan Mitchell. 31 points for him to start this game. Chetty Osmond, 17 points off the bench. He's had, he had some good games in preseason, too, where you're like, Chetty Osmond. All right. They thought it, Cavs fans thought at one point he would be like their starting three for a while. And then he wasn't. And now it's like, okay, well, he's, yeah, maybe he can now. Okay, yeah, well, maybe he can. <laughs> Let's talk about our, our last game here. The, the Brooklyn Nets fall to the New Orleans Pelicans 130 to 108. Like just an absolute, it's just a drubbing. Like the this this game, did the Nets ever have a lead? No, never had never had a lead in this game. No, it was just all Pelicans. And one for one thing, it looked like the Pelicans wanted it more. It looked like they they were winning all the 50-50 balls. The other thing is, the <laughs> the Nets don't have defenders. Like they signed Royce O'Neal, they bring in Ben Simmons. Obviously, they have like Nick Claxton, I guess, who's supposed to be like this rim protector, and I don't really think he is that much. And Ben Simmons is supposed to be their best defender, right? He's gotten votes for defensive player of the year before in the past. Zion Williamson didn't give any kind of Fs or any other letter about about Ben Simmons in this game. He drove right at him several times and uh, was just not afraid of Ben Simmons in this game. And I think the combo combo of Zion scoring around the rim, Brandon Ingram hitting buckets, uh, CJ McCollum hitting buckets, Jonas Valanciunas too, took it to him a lot. He had 15 and... 13 boards, six of them on the offensive end. Like they just were too big and they just bullied the Nets. I do love Jonas Valanciunas. I just I just want to get that out there. He's that player that you like you look around the NBA, he's like, where is he at now? He's just still dominating doing what he does. I love it. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean I the Nets have nobody outside of Kevin Durant that seems like he knows what a rebound is. I think Ben Simmons will will get there again, but they just don't look like they know where they're supposed to be. They don't look like they know what setups they're supposed to be running. They don't look like they know who's supposed to be setting a screen here or what position am I supposed to be in? Like the only player that looked like he was ready for basketball tonight was Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant just walks onto a court ready for basketball. basketball. I expect (laughs) that. Like Kevin, hey, Kevin, wake up real quick. We need you to go get 20. I got you. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm, I'm looking at this Nets team and I'm looking around for Kevin Durant's help on the other end of the floor that is the defensive end, and there is none. I'm looking at help for him on the boards, and there is none. And I'm going to be honest with you, right? I know there's like the beginning of the season things and stuff like that where you say that's not going to happen in the long run, but I challenge you to, to, to let me know 
who's going to stop these bigger teams ben, in the Eastern Conference? Ben Simmons is their best the defender. Boards. He's going to have a three rebounder. He's going to have to def- well, yeah. He's going to have to defend. He was minus 26 in 23 minutes and fouled out in 23 minutes. Like only had four points. I mean, it, it's a it's an issue for them. They got to figure out some kind of defensive scheme or some kind of strategy. Yeah. I, I don't know. And, I mean, they're guys out, too. I mean, they have some guys out. T.J. Warren, Joe Harris, Seth Curry. But none of those guys are helping you on defense. They just got to outscore guys, and their offense just wasn't nearly yeah. as good as it needed to be to win games. They're just going to have to blitz get, blitz teams and beat them that way. And and it's not like they can't, right? Like, I'm not going to sit here and act like all year I don't expect the Brooklyn Nets to have a game where they put up 148 points. Oh, they'll have multiple games this year. You know what it I'm just, saying? It was not this game. <laughs> it was not this game. Kyrie Irving looked pretty bad in game one. I I, I mean, he's, he's still Kyrie, so he can get to the bucket and show you some flashy things. But his shot was off a little bit. And th- there's just – I think it comes down to, right, like if shots aren't falling for this team – there's nothing they can do about it on the other end. And I just right. don't know if there's a fix for that that's on this team currently. Ben Simmons legitimately is their best defender, but he's not big enough to be Rudy Gobert for you down there. Well, he kind of is, actually, if he, <laughs> if he would accept that role, I guess. Let's <laughs> let's go ahead and do a couple. Count it up, count it up, count it up, count it. We count all the most interesting, fun things in the NBA. I got a couple for you here at the end. Let's do it. Memphis versus the New York Knicks. Steven Adams is coming onto the court, like get like checking back in, and Derrick Rose throws an errant cross-court pass from completely on the other side, gets knocked in the head with the ball. And the announcers are talking about, like, you think that would knock you out? You think if you got knocked with, with the ball like that from a cross-court, like, wild pass that Derrick Rose threw, you get knocked out? Um, Count it up. Which NBA players could knock you out with a pass straight to the skull? Like, they, they throw a pass, you're right there, who could knock you out? I think LeBron could definitely knock me out. Probably probably Zion. Zion, for sure. Who threw the pass in James Harden's face? Oh, yeah, that one. Who threw that? That one. I think Westbrook could knock me out, too. I think I think Russell Westbrook, if he put all of that that energy and all that, <laughs> that anger into it, I think he could knock me out, for sure. Uh, there's a couple others that we can go into, but yeah, comment below. Who do you think could knock you out <laughs> with a, a pass to the skull, basically? All right, we lost Pat. The Wi-Fi gods in Chicago <laughs> couldn't hold up. Uh, Paolo Bancaro has an incredible game. 27 points, 9 boards, 5 assists, 2 blocks in his debut for the, against the Pistons. Um, Count it up. If Paolo doesn't win Rookie of the Year, I, I don't know. Like He is just the front runner for sure. I don't know if anyone else looks as impressive. He's going to have the opportunity. And I, if Paolo doesn't win Rookie of the Year if... If he goes down with an injury, I honestly think that's the only thing that's going to stand in the way of Paolo Bencaro and Rookie of the Year. I mean, at this point, we're not talking about it's. It's like Luca. You're not talking about Rookie of the Year anymore. You're talking about okay, what can he do for this Orlando team? And you saw some stuff with Franz Wagner and him and Wendell Carter Jr. Like, all right, they're building something here. So he he doesn't win Rookie of the Year only if he uh, he gets injured. I think that's the only thing. All right, last one. Jeff Green drops the wildest poster dunk. He dunks and posterizes Kelly Olynyk in the Jazz in the Jazz versus Nuggets game, where the Jazz get the win. Wild. Um, Count it up. Rank the dunk one to ten. Let us know in the comment section below. Rank the dunk one to ten. I, I'll give it a solid. Like if I'm doing slam dunk rules, I'll give it a solid seven because he really did posterize, but he's not doing anything else besides just going up, extending the arm, and putting it down. He didn't. He didn't do a whole lot, but he's also like. He's also older too, so you got to think about that too. Jeff Green's been around for a while, so you got to give him a little bit of credit on that one. Uh, Jeff Green, just the dunk of the night, incredible. He's he's thirty six now, man. That dude's been around for a while. He we he was 
Drafted by the Seattle Supersonics in 2007. That's how long ago it's been for Jeff Green. But he threw down a dunk. It made me. Re- it reminded me of the Richard Jefferson dunk for the, the Dallas Mavericks for a, a while ago. Um, but turn back the clock. Shout out to Jeff Green. There you go. Guys, thanks so much for hanging out with us and making Lockdown NBA your first listen. Go make your second listen. Lockdown Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd doing incredible stuff all the time. Get your fantasy lineups ready. Also, go check out NBA Game to Game. It's on the Lockdown NBA feed. You can check it out right now. It has incredible stuff. Recaps from every single game of the night from the local experts, including myself, including Pat and others. So go check it out. It's NBA Game to Game on the YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcast. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On NBA. Peace out. Boom.